hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. And my name's Aaron. Prediction show, a steady low, you're feeling just the same, but seasons come and seasons go, I'll make you smile again, if you don't believe me, take me by the hand, can't you feel your warmth? The movie this week is Groundhog Day from 1993, directed by Harold Ramis, written by Danny Rubin and Harold Ramis, starring Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, Chris Elliott, and Stephen Tobolowsky. There's tons and tons of character actors in this movie. It's it's just a joy to see all those people. Frankly. Yeah. Yeah. This was Sarah's pick. Yeah, this was my pick. I really was debating which one to choose, because there are several that I want to see that we haven't done yet. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to choose Groundhog Day, because I love it. (laughs) It's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And that's probably mostly because of Bill Murray. But, yeah, this movie is uh unique it was definitely unique at the time it was before other movies that have a similar kind of plot came out there there have been more like this since Mm -hmm. but at the time it came out it was pretty unique and um individual this was like one of the first movies i ever had on vhs (laughs) awesome um And in my house, we had some movies that were, like, family property, but, like, this was my own individual copy that I went to get. Like, I don't even know how old I was, but if this came out in 93, it was probably on VHS, like, that following year, you think? It took about a year back then or less. Yeah. Well, also, you had to wait for the price to drop. Yeah. So that was probably, like... 94. Yeah. I was like 13. You're not spending 40, 50 bucks on a tape? Yeah. No, man. Not not me, personally. Although, honestly, the way that when I reflect on the way my parents spent money on us, the children, it's not that far out of the realm. (laughs) Totally. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you think you you get this from the local uh, Fillmore video or something like that? Maybe. Either that or my dad took me somewhere on the weekend when I was in town, in a bigger town, and got it there with my allowance or something. Nice. Or maybe he got it for me because my dad used to watch funny movies with me and, um, you know, like The Jerk and uh, Roxanne Roxanne and... uh, Let's see. What about Bob? Ghostbusters, Flight of the Navigator, Huey's Big Adventure. One of those is not funny. Labyrinth. I mean, some of them were more like fantasy movies, but like sometimes my dad would make me a tape to tape copy. Like I think he made me a tape to tape copy of The Karate Kid. Oh yeah. And like yeah, some other stuff. Have you recently watched a movie with your dad? Not really. What would you say the most recent movie you've seen with your dad The is? most recent movie I've watched with my dad? Oh, boy. It was something really depressing, uh-huh. I think. Sorry. No, no. He usually likes to watch comedies mm. with me, but he's like Joel. Like, not very many movies he thinks is he thinks are funny. Mm. Um, he usually likes more slapstick kind of stuff okay. than Joel does. But So, he's a Three Stooges kind of guy. Kind of. He's a more, uh, physical um, comedy. He's a Nacho Libre kind oh, of guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. All right. Cool. I met Jack Black the other night. That is so cool. I was so excited. Oh, I kind of dorked out on him. 
I, I would too. I would too. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, non non topic. There, no, that's non fine. That's fine. This um, is all my fault to begin with. Out of curiosity, how does your mother feel about this movie? She likes it a lot. She does. And I kind of was thinking about just like to answer your question, Aaron. Oh yeah. Oh, don't worry. I think it's it all- might have been Mystic River. Mm. Or, is that like um, a super depressing one right yeah. now? No, it's comedy. It's it's. Hilarious. Oh, Joel says it's a comedy though, yeah. Sarah. You he, should watch it right now. He either likes like real drama where like your heart's getting ripped out, <laughs> or he like he likes mobster movies and okay. like gang movies, Goodfellas stuff like that. He likes action too, uh, you know, Cobra. Yeah. The the Stallone movie Cobra. Yes, the yeah. Movie Cobra. I have that on. I have a vinyl. Of the soundtrack. Oh, you nice. do? Yeah. My Just because the Stallone. <laughs> I, I only bought it because it had Stallone on it. My dad. <laughs> you made me laugh. My dad gave me a tape of Cobra, a VHS tape. Oh. And he took the case and he was like, there's a scary part that happens in this movie. Don't be scared. It's going to be okay. He's like, but I don't even want you to know what is going to, what the story. Or maybe that was a different movie where he was like. Anyway, could be. What about Bob and oh, and the jerk were big ones for me and my dad when I was a kid, and we were total goofballs together when I was growing up. Cool. Anyway, I I definitely watched this movie more with my mom and my aunt Chris and my sisters, and yeah, I have some pretty solid memories of watching this with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. I don't remember the first time I saw it. I, actually, I, I feel like it was something that when we had like a HBO or a Showtime preview weekend, you know, back in the day, or you know, on on cable. Like we we had like a the bigger than normal cable package when we were growing up because I know we had the Disney Channel for a while. Nice, but I don't think we had the movie channels. But this is definitely something I I feel like I watched like on a preview weekend, and. uh we didn't have it, like, on tape or anything like that. It became more of an obsession after I started hanging out with Sarah because, you know, it's just one of those movies where it was like, hey, this is a good movie. Like, oh, yeah, it is a good movie. Now I remember. So we've we've owned a couple of different copies <laughs> since we've been together. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, this – I mean, do you want to talk about what the movie is at all or do you think – Well, yes, I think that – uh, we should probably synopsize this particular movie. It's, I mean, just just to keep with the what yeah we normally with do. our formula. Yeah. So Pascal, uh, can you synopsize the movie? Meow. Very good. The movie <laughs> is about a weatherman. <laughs> okay, let's Nicholas Cage turn that movie off. <laughs> who? By the way, at the time. Very strange premise for a movie about a weatherman who's full of himself. <laughs> he thinks he's the top of celebrity. Mm. He's moving up. That's right. Can't hold him down to. Mm-mm. Where is Punxsutawney? What's East state? Coast? Um, so. Northern Pennsylvania. Oh, he okay. says Pennsylvania. That in the movie. That's right. Okay, yeah, he's yeah, he's working at. He's gonna go up in that Pennsylvania or Pennsylvania someplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it's Western or Northern Pennsylvania. <laughs> Uptown Pennsylvania. But yeah, he is going on this job that he's going to do to cover Groundhog Day, which is a tradition. In America, that they pull a groundhog out, and if it sees its shadow, then winter's supposed to be longer. But it's a weird tradition. I don't know how it started. I don't know well, anything I'm curious about now. it. Look this up. It, it, I'm I- sure one farmer told another farmer. I mean, this is just yeah. Aaron's Aaron's hypoth- hypothetical yeah. on this. One farmer told the other what that meant. And it grew from there. Yeah. I'm assuming. And those two farmers got in a fight about it. And then the third farmer found out and was like, well, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Yeah. That groundhog doesn't see its shadow. And then maybe that year the, the winter was shorter and they were like, look, yeah, that farmer was right. <laughs> I'm assuming. 
Yeah. What's the origin? It doesn't have like a specific. Oh, first documented American reference to Groundhog Day can be found a diary entry February 4th, 1841. But of course, this uh, Wikipedia article says, oh, it's got roots in history, you know. Celtics and and uh, is it a pagan thing? stuff and things and yeah, which which origin? other countries celebrate Groundhog Day? I don't know, but it has German, England, Scotland, uh, French, Canadian. Cool. I don't know if any other countries actually uh, similar customs. Here we go. Is the groundhog a North American thing? Like the creature? Yeah. Yes. Like it can't be found in like on Saint Swiggins Day. Uh, they wait for a turtle to come out. <laughs> Where is that? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's I was going to say, Joel, that, that sounded like a pretty tall Joel. tale. In the United Kingdom, July 15th is known as St. Swithin's Day. Apologies, not Swiggins. And traditionally believed that if it rained on that day, it would rain for the next 40 days and nights. Yeah, that's not the same thing. Well, that's listed in Wikipedia, okay? And if the experts of Wikipedia don't know what they're talking about, then I don't want to know. Anymore. No, what I'm saying is it's related, but it's not a groundhog coming out and seeing his shadow in Groundhog Day. There's a picture of Mojave Max, the desert tortoise, okay? <laughs> Somebody's celebrating can, with a tortoise. Contact uh, the person in I charge like that of the tortoise. Wikipedia page of Groundhog's Day. I'm sure it's probably Max Rocket 364. All right. We better send him a very stern email. <laughs> so we've got two weird things to set up the premise to begin with. Number one, it's about a weatherman. Yep. Number two, it's about Groundhog Day. <laughs> it's not really about either of those things, right? <laughs> A weatherman goes to a location in Pennsylvania to cover Groundhog Day mm -hmm. for his news outlet. Mm -hmm. And he meets this new producer, and he kind of likes her, but um, they've only known each other a very short time. And uh, He's a jerk, so it doesn't matter. He's anyways. a jerk. He's a very negative person at this point. He is a insensitive, uh, cr sometimes cruel, egocentric man who thinks everything that's happening is happening to him in the world. He doesn't think about the repercussions of anybody else. It's kind of a Scrooged-ish kind of a situation. <laughs> but um, anyway, so the setup for the movie is he's in this town that he hates to cover this event and uh he wakes up the morning after he's covered it and he's back in the day again and that's the setup for the movie is that he's he's living the same day over and over again and he, he he keeps his memories from every time every time he wakes up so i mean just just the thought of that makes you feel like you might go insane like, yeah. you, you're stuck at the same day, literally having the same conversations, like, witnessing the same events over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, it's like perpetually being stuck in... Yeah. You, yeah. You gotta give it to uh, Ramus and Murray on this one. I think they really thought out, like, how the human experience would be if one were experiencing the same day over and over again. Uh... I think I think they they nailed it on this one as far as the script and uh and um you know well Bill Murray's just amazing and you know as I'm sure we've stated a million times and uh mm -hmm. honestly I was thinking about it when you said weatherman and like I can't think of anyone else who could have pulled this movie off No and I don't want I don't want anyone else like but I I was trying to think yeah. for a moment like who could have done this? No. Yeah. No, there's no one else. Bill Murray, all the way. Yeah, the way. I, ki I kind of wondered that about some Bill Murray movies because um, his delivery of lines is so particularly like his way that sometimes I have to wonder if he's changed it a little bit or if he just really brings his own way of reading a line that somebody else wrote into his performance because i mean yeah like 
this was kind of like his sense of humor, how it was in like Ghostbusters. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I assume that uh, Harold Ramis, having worked with him before, he knows that he's working with somebody who can improvise, you know, the SNL past and everything else that was going on. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if you, you read the stuff on IMDb, it says that he was, like, kind of obsessed with the movie because he was trying to focus on this instead of the divorce he was going through. And uh, the the other person, the other writer, um, Danny Rubin, is actually, like, based on his idea, and then him and oh, Harold Reynolds worked it out. Cool. So, uh, but, I mean, it's, it's kind of, like, the idea... Separated from from uh, Bill Murray, separated from Harold Ramis, separated from all the comedy is just kind of mind blowing to really think about, like the existential yeah nature of having to relive the same day over and over oh, gosh. again. Yeah, and I felt like when I picked this one that it was kind of like. Okay, wrist cutters is kind of like a you're stuck in purgatory <laughs> until you learn and figure it out. And this one's kind of like you're stuck in the same day until you figure it out. Um, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And I do like that idea. And this the way they played the way this is laid out, I mean, I know the movie's dated now, but I still love it. Yeah. I still oh, love yeah. it every time. There's still parts that make me laugh every time. Yeah. Um, I was laughing. It was so good. Mm. I mean, I've seen this movie so many times. I can't think of another movie. I mean, I think Joel and I both like <laughs> a couple of other movies from the 90s. Yeah, High Fidelity. Yeah, High Fidelity I've seen a bajillion times. Um, and I told Jack Black that the other day. <laughs> That's so cool. I was like, yeah. And Sarah went out to lunch with him and they, you know, <laughs> just talking about it. I was like, I have to tell you, I've seen High Fidelity a bajillion times. I'm noticing a pattern here. When I, when I was watching this, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, he is negative, sarcastic. He's got this, um, deadpan sense of humor and i was thinking boy that sounds like joel no (laughs) yeah okay but i was thinking it sounds like my family too and it sounds like when i was a kid my favorite was like garfield Mm -hmm. and then when i was a teenager my favorite was like daria like and they're all kind of this like sarcastic like deadpan deadpan, kind of thing and it has to be because i think i think that's my mom's sense of humor honestly Mm. i think that's how my mom delivers things that she thinks are funny but um i have to ask you a question have you seen that thing uh showing the cast of daria all grown up no that's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. <laughs> uh, it, it recently popped up on the internet. So I, I think the, the writer of the show. It's like the art director or something, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Put something together. So. Yeah. But I think I, yeah, I would love to check that yeah. out. Cool. Mm-hmm. So for Every, me- everything you think is going to happen. At, no, I, don't, I, I didn't look at I looked at it for a second. <laughs> I can imagine what I think would happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Predictions. <laughs> This movie is so well edited. Like, it's just like, in the sense of montage, thing, the way everything fits together, not only like comedy wise, but every, every sort of emotional impact, everything going from, uh, you know, when Phil leaves his room at the the beginning of the day, you know, and, and heads out to the hallway, we get the encounter, then he goes downstairs. We don't see him walking downstairs, he just walks in the next room. And then presumably he leaves there, and the next thing we see is him coming around the corner to the, you know, to the Main Street area. There's there's this whole section we don't need to see, but it never feels like we're missing anything. We, we've moved on to the next part, you know, which inevitably usually inevitably usually that's uh, anyways he usually steps in a puddle <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're at the uh, gazebo area and, and it's these clean cuts happening and it doesn't feel like like i said that there's no empty space we just go from scene to scene 
you know, being funny or being deathly serious, like, like in a sad way, it, it's really impressive the way the movie is edited together. Yeah, I agree. There were a couple of places that I noticed this time watching it that, because usually I just watch it. Like, it's one of those movies that I'm not really consciously dissecting most of the time, but this time I did pay a little bit more attention. And there are places where, you know, it repeats itself because it's trying to emphasize how much he's repeating himself. But there are still these surprise moments that, like, make you laugh because because there's, like, a variable thrown in each day or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. Did you guys have any any ideas or notes you wanted to talk about? Um, just some things that stood out for me this time viewing it. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about the whole, like, Stealing money from the uh, <laughs> the back of the, from the armored, of the truck. armored truck, just so that he could dress up like a cowboy <laughs> to go to the movie theater. What does he say? Does he call me Bronco? Or yeah, something? call me Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> I, my brain apparently just like yeah skipped over that mm-hmm. <laughs> half a million times. I've seen this. We need uh, one adult and uh, two adults. Uh, two adults. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I think my favorite line is when the insurance guy comes up to him. Yeah, by the way, one of my notes was, this was probably my first education on what insurance was. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck is insurance and why does he hate it so much? <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, said that, yeah, that line that he says to him. Where he says, I'd love to stand here and talk to you, but I'm not going to. <laughs> and I was like, that's like something Joel would say, or like Garfield or yeah, something. Garfield, yeah, for sure. That's a real Garfield line. Mm. You'd see it in his thought bubble or whatever in mm. the comic panel. I guess we're going to have to watch that Garfield movie so we can see how well he... No, we're not going to do that. Nope. It's my pick next, right? Oh, God. Garfield, the movie. Here goes. A Tale of Two Kitties. (laughs) I have to say, I focus more on the dynamic between him and women more on this viewing than Mm. I usually do. Mm. What's your opinion? I don't like it. (laughs) I I do think of it as a romantic movie. And I do think that there are parts of it that I do find kind of charming. But... You know, it's like when Harry met Sally, like, there's this idea that you can meet the wrong guy, and if you wait long enough, he'll turn into the right guy. Yeah. And stop being an asshole. Yeah. And I don't think that's true. And I don't think women should have to try and wait around an asshole and see if he'll figure it out. Like, and it's kind of weird, but it's a false representation of the way... I don't know. And there's this like heartwarming moment in this movie where he says something like, if I could ever get someone like you, like I would, I would love you for the rest of my life and Mm. I would never take it for granted or something like that. And it's like, you want to believe that like people feel that way, but I don't think people honestly even know themselves well enough to know if they would be able to, I mean, and besides, it's like, the idea of having to change a man. It's like this romantic notion of like, oh, there's this guy and I really like him. He's all wrong for me, but he's kind of funny or whatever. Like, he's got, he's it's got a, very, a nice butt. It's a very popular uh, um, idea in our society that we can just change people to our will. Yeah. Like, this guy would be great or, you know, that this lady would be great, but only if I could change this one thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like so anybody weird. Like anybody can change like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, people have a hard enough time trying to change themselves, like, thinking about I it consciously. Change my socks, yeah. You know? no, I'm just right. I, I just think that... I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i not trying to be an opposed idea, because I do think, honestly, that if there is something about yourself you want to change and you actively try to, you could probably obtain that, but it's going to take 
you know, you just like this movie. You have to do it. You can't, somebody yeah. else can't do it. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had like the uh, 10 years or something like that to figure out who he was and, and what was, you know, his life was all about. Yeah. I honestly feel like some people play out their lives like this in real time, though. Oh, totally. Like they, totally. it's like they're living the same day over and over again, but Drippy they're the going through all these, all these mistakes, yeah, and all these like opportunistic moments of like fleeting fun before they realize that they really need something with a deeper meaning and connection than that. And right there. Yeah. That, that line. Perfect. I just, I kind of, it's funny because I do honestly think that Bill Murray was probably one of my first crushes as a kid, like in Ghostbusters. I freaking loved Ghostbusters so much. Um, he, was a cru- he was my crush too. <laughs> no, that's a lot. Janine. It was Janine. But, but still, <laughs> uh, either Janine or uh, Sigourney Weaver. It was, was, was Janine. It was definitely Janine. Yeah, no but, <laughs> but yeah, like him as a leading man. Okay, I admit it's weird that I liked him as a leading man in this movie. He's charismatic. Yeah, he's charismatic. Marine general, but he's like the charming asshole or oh, whatever. Yeah. Like the. He's like the sarcastic, full of himself, like, uh... He's got a little bit of the Han Solo. I don't know what it is. But she is, like, completely the opposite. She is, like, a lollipop. (laughs) Like, in this movie, she's so sweet. She's so, like... Um, perfect and perky and happy and yeah, but she has a depth that she doesn't just like show to whoever. Yeah, like, that's you know, true. He figures that out later when he starts cracking away the the shell that she's she has. That was another part of it that kind of bothered me a little bit. Was like the cynicism of his character, and he's like. I really want to be with this upbeat lady, and I mean. What's her life gonna look like being around somebody who's negative all the time? Like, yeah, I was thinking I'm, I'm rooting for him at the same time as I'm thinking maybe she could do better. I don't know. It's weird. What do you think that these characters would be like five years down the line? Oh, dang. Well, I, uh, I mean. After everything Bill Murray's gone through, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think he's going to hold up. Is that, I mean, how, how many times do you, do you kill yourself? You know, before. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to hold up his end of the deal on that one. I feel like he definitely loves her and yeah. he's invested, but she doesn't really know him yet at that exactly. point. Right, and I feel like. The way the movie ends is really optimistic, and I like that about it. Mm-hmm. If it is to carry on in that way, I would say they're happy, they're together, they continued on, and, you know, looking on the bright side or whatever. They need to move out of that town, though. At the end when he's like, let's live here. Like, no, this this town's going to be expecting miracles from you every single day, man. You need to get out because you had your standards. one day. And you ain't <laughs> ever going to reach that top point again. Yeah, definitely the next day when they're like, why aren't you there to fix my tire? My expectations are so high for Phil Murray. Plus, you're the number one suspect in the murder of that homeless man. You know, they found all that money on him. Your fingerprints are on it. Yep. DNA result to come back. Mm-hmm. You, Bill Murray, are the killer. He's five years later, he's still in jail. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he can play the piano, though. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if like five years down the line, if she would it will be in the place to stick around, like you said, because who knows how comfortable with herself she is. You know, it's like even at the end of the the perfect day, she's kind of bewildered about how how things are turning out and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe she has to go figure out herself. Maybe she has to move on and. Uh, the thing about that is, even if that happened, I don't feel like um, I don't feel like Phil would be 
devastated by it or anything like that because I feel like he has matured and developed as his into him his own self where he could be like I just want you to be happy so I understand what you have to do and do you think he's attained some sort of level of nirvana absolutely at the point at the end of the movie yeah he's a Buddha gone through so many trials and mm-hmm. he's a real Hercules reforged himself he's a real Thor a real, I uh, guess that's true, though. It's kind of one of the. It's kind of like a. Uh, Harry Poppins. Yeah. What? No, I don't know. I don't know either. Don't know. Mm. Were you disappointed, Aaron, that there weren't any fart jokes? Mm. Yeah, I was a little light on the fart jokes in this movie, but uh, I mean, there was a moment where he was driving a truck really fast while holding a groundhog. Yeah. So I mean. That's pretty good. There's always going to be a ray of sunshine at some point. You know? <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah, ray of sunshine right before he commits suicide for the first time. <laughs> I was kind of upset after the truck fell because fell, I was like, oh, it didn't blow up. Yeah. And then it blew up. And I was yeah. like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good moment. <laughs> I like how Chris Elliott's character is never that upset about. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Cabin yeah. Boy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he plays it very straight in this movie. Yeah. He, he does a good job. He does a good job. <laughs> and he's kind of supposed to be like a dweeb. Yeah. Like, well, his, yeah. Li- his line, his pickup line, hey, you want to come back to my van? Yeah. <laughs> have, have you ever wondered what the inside of a van yeah, looks like? Yeah. yeah, no. I don't, I'm pretty sure that lady has not wondered what the inside of no, a van looks you. like. No, thank you. If she said yes, you'd be like, hold on, I gotta go to the hardware store and get some duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's kind of a disingenuous thing because he's uh, his character isn't a doofus mm-hmm. in the movie until that moment, like when he's trying to hook up with Nancy there. He's kind of like the, uh, like, yeah, Phil sucks. Anyways. <laughs> well, maybe he just has two left feet when it comes to ladies, you know? That's true. Yes. I don't know. You know, we don't, he's not interacting with anyone else. Yeah. You only see him interacting with Phil. That's crazy. I just looked it up on Wikipedia. And I knew that, you know, people have mentioned different interpretations that could be made about it. Um, I just like this line. It says, after indulging in hedonism and committing suicide numerous times, he begins to reexamine his life and his priorities. Mm, hedonism. <laughs> yeah. Hedonism bot. Like, <laughs> is, the, is, is, is the message in this movie that he's just very manipulative to to this producer like you know just he learns everything she likes and then and then just like you know certainly seems like it's the conclusion at the is, end is although that, i'm that, not sure if that's what he's trying is that the for. message <laughs> i i think that's one of the reasons why the day finally continues is because he's not trying you know oh, to get her pants to, okay yeah. okay it just kind of ends up that way all right fair enough fair enough yeah, I think that I think he's doomed to repeat the same cycle until he changes himself. All right, all right. But I thought it was interesting that it says one of the interpretations it says transcendence in Buddhism. People have talked about purgatory and self-improvement um in terms of like psychological or, you know, mental self-improvement. Mm, yeah. It says that this is what I thought was interesting. In Buddhism, they say that you encounter the same problems over and over again in your life until you deal with those problems properly. Mm -hmm. They can come up to you in other forms. It's like, let's say you always end up giving all of your possessions away. It's like you give all your possessions away and then you meet somebody else and you give all your possessions away to them and it's like you don't have anything and then yeah. So it's like that's what it was saying. It's like a Buddhist loop. Yeah. Anyway, they said that a lot of people were like, What were you trying to say? And they were like, We're just making an entertaining movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We um, just made a really good movie, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> 
Um, it's kind of funny though that people would constantly ask them for the meaning. Yeah, and be like, "What's the real meaning?" Yeah, that's the annoying thing about art. Like, yeah, you gotta like take your self interpretation. Like, yeah, uh, you can. I guess you could ask what the creator's intent was, but you should also be satisfied with what you get out of it. And it's you look at a painting. Don't you don't have to ask the artist what what were you thinking when you painted this? What are you thinking when you're looking at it? The same yeah. thing with any kind of movie, you know? Unless you read alt-right propaganda into it, and then you're just a crazy person. But, you know, other things are good. Word. Yeah. <laughs> what? Nothing, Joel. Yes? Are you laughing? No, I'm not laughing. I made notes about some of the styles in this movie. Styles? Yeah. Um, curly hair. Curly oh, hair was a thing. Best hair. For Andy McDowell and Bill Murray kind of had curly hair, too. He did. I mean, Andy McDowell's voice had curly hair. She's wearing a Land's End jacket. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's got her hair put back with combs. That's something I used to do in the 90s, too. Mm-hmm. You put your hair, you twist your hair like this, and you put a back comb into it, and it holds it, like, kind of bumped out on the sides. That's pretty cool. And, uh... I wrote, I've got you, babe. <laughs> I've got you, babe. That's true. Oh, my God. It happens a couple times. I... It was a very 90s thing. We, that... we, just, we were all singing that song in the 90s. Does the Wikipedia state how many alarm clocks they used in this movie? I don't, I don't know. I didn't look, but I did see that uh, the alarm clock didn't break properly on the, on the time when he threw it on the ground, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> It's a little editing magic. Let me let me tell you about editors once again. Um, <laughs> a craftsman uh, bed and breakfast with country quilts. A craftsman. I thought yeah. there was a secret message in this movie. Though. What was the secret message? It was the dogs, man. Oh dogs yeah, the dogs. Dogs in the lamps. Dog on that. Mailbox. Yeah, dog on that mailbox. That, uh... What's your message, guys? Dog. Oh, yeah, no, this yeah. yeah, this place was a dog place. Yeah, this town. Dog paintings. Well, no, just that house, right? No. Where else? No, you're right, it was just that house. It was right. just yeah, the, uh, the bed yeah. and breakfast. Dog yeah. bed and breakfast. Called it. Dog theme. Called it. Not a single dog, though, in there. Except maybe Bill Murray. Oh, zing. He certainly, <laughs> he certainly was a dog with a bone at certain points. That's right, man. So, uh, yeah. I guess so, Aaron. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't put Secret the message, I didn't put the dogs together. But that's all right. That's why I'm here. Now I can't my tinfoil hat. Just you know, like uh, never yeah. notice those paintings in the background. Never notice that lamp. No. Yeah, oh. man. I saw them. They so were there. Things. So many clues. Uh, yep. Yeah, I. I think he was um, pretty ruthless with those first girls. <laughs> He was just like trying to get laid, and then uh, and manipulating people. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. He was seeing how far he could go, what he could get away with, and he just started doing things without fear of repercussions. <laughs> um, I think you re- when your your reaction was when he said, "Will you be my wife?" Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god! I was like, "That's wrong. <laughs> That's so wrong." He knows she's not going to remember him tomorrow, so oh, he's like. Rita. What difference does it make? Mm-hmm. And then when he's in that cowboy getup, and she walks by, and he's like, oh, "That's my fiance." <laughs> she didn't remember me. She didn't remember me. <laughs> <laughs> it. Oh my gosh, Bill Murray's so funny. So good. Yeah, I wrote down that I thought it was funny the idea of talking about weather in a serious way when someone's just chit chatting oh, with yeah. you. He's it's like, "Oh." Did you did, did you, you, you want to talk serious, about yeah. this, or were you just <laughs> saying what came into your head? <laughs> That's when he's putting on that sheen of like the charming weatherman that they see on TV. Like, oh, let me, yeah, let me go into my shtick for you. Oh, you didn't want to? Well, that shuts you up. Now I'm leaving. Let's talk about those desserts at the restaurant. Oh man, mm-hmm. it, that looked really good. There was like a crawler. There was a. Uh, whole table was just full of delights. He had like a regular old breakfast right in front of him on top of all the pastries. Like he had like sausage and eggs. And I'm just like, oh God. I wonder how many pounds he gained. 
Once again, according to IMDb, he got really sick because uh, oh, he ate a lot. they put like a spit bucket there so he could like oh. spit out the food, but he decided to eat it and just made himself ill. Yeah. I believe it. Have you guys ever done that thing with angel food cake? No. Because I'm pretty sure I have. That thing? Where you take like a slice of angel food cake and you stuff the entire thing in your mouth at mm-hmm. once. No, I don't like it, to do no, stuff sir. like that. I no, know sir. you don't like to do it's, it's a fun thing to do. I, I definitely was in a pie eating contest once, though. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that movie, and then you like threw up all over. No, I didn't. Right? I didn't, I didn't oh. do that part. No. I felt really sick, though. What kind of pie was it? It was uh, apple pie. Oh. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of work. Oh, it was. It was mm. a lot of work, Joel. I yeah. ate it though. Good. Good for you. I know. No, I'm, I'm proud of you. Aaron. I don't know. I'm not proud. I'm so proud. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Would you like some angel food cake? No, sir. Nope. Yeah. You can keep it. How do you guys feel about Andy McDowell? I like her. In general. Yes, but in this movie, I especially like her. Um. I mean, how many other famous women have, like, a southern accent that are, like, it just rock it? Well, there's Rogue, there's Cannonball's sister, um, there is, uh, what? Boom Boom Oh, has never been in a movie. No? No. Is, is Boom Boom, Boom Boom is not Cannonball's sister. Yeah. No. Yeah. No way. I think I remember this. I better, I better, boom, boom. I'm going to look this up. You guys having a nerd fight? <laughs> yeah, look it up. That's how important this is to me. So her last name is Guthrie or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can't think of any other actresses that have... I, I can think of plenty of actresses that have put on southern accents, like for movies and stuff like that. Like, the first thing that occurred to me was Amy Adams in... Uh, Catch me if you can. But I can't think of... Uh, I'm looking at Freddie Boom Boom Washington. Oh. No. <laughs> no, Joel. Actually, this is a little bit of trivia about me. Um, my my mom's Canadian, and I have Canadian relatives. And I have a cousin whose name's Sarah. She's the other Sarah in my family. And she's a actress. And she was recently on a show with Andy McDowell. Mm. She played oh, yeah, her daughter. Yeah. What was that show? It was called Cedar Cove. Yeah. Yeah, the show my cousin's on is called Cedar Cove. She plays her daughter. Boom, boom. Yeah. That's my cousin, other Sarah. You. No, yeah, but that's Tavis Smith. Oh, she has a different last either. name. But she's the sister to, to. I'm looking it up right now. Cannonball. I thought. I could be wrong. Oh, you guys. No, no, this is important. No, I could be wrong. It's okay. I, I can accept that. Uh, cannonball. Cannonball. <laughs> You're scaring Pascal. Oh, sorry, buddy. Yeah, Samuel Guthrie. Uh, isn't his, his sister uh, Was it Husk? Actually husk? Or yeah, like that? it's Husk. Yeah. yeah it's Husk. You're right. Mm, bigger nerd. No, I'm just a big X-Men nerd. It's all good. That's lame. No, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care that I'm wrong. (laughs) But seriously, yeah. Okay, the reason I bring it up, uh, how do you feel about Annie McDowell in general? She's all right. I don't have any issues with her. I think she's a good actress. Yeah. I can't think of a movie where I've I've been, like, upset about her her acting. She's good. Yeah. Yeah, well, when you put it that way, now I just well, she is in one. Well, I'm of, just saying I've been I've never been offended, right? You know, have you seen Hudson Hawk? No, what's that? It's a Bruce Willis movie. Mm-mm. Okay, she's in Magic Mike too. I haven't seen Magic. Mike. I haven't seen. I have not seen. <laughs> I haven't seen Magic Mike XXL. Um, she was good she, in Sex Lies and Videotape. She, that is I true. She is really good in that one. Uh, she's in one of my least favorite movies of all time, the movie Michael. Which has a very similar arc for her character. I don't think I've seen Michael either. Well, it's not, uh, it's not the angel let, one. Let me, let me That's the angel you. one, John Travolta. It's an angel. Yeah. But he's got attitude. Oh, no. Huh? 
Uh, let, let me sell you on this. Let's go back to the night. No, I'm not like gonna Google dolls. I'm uh, not gonna uh, do my uh, theme song. Oh my god, no, because it's all country music. Dude. Oh, you're right. I don't think so. Sorry, it doesn't have Google dolls. Hey, it does have some Zydeco music though. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> Zydeco, <laughs> and it's not her fault that I don't like that movie. I think that's a, just a stink of a, a premise. But she does, she did, like. You brought up Sex, Lies, and Videotape. I totally forgot about that movie. And she she is playing kind of like a... She's supposed to be, like, stuck up in that movie. Or not stuck up. She's supposed to be, like, really guarded with, like, her emotions compared to her sister in that movie, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's a, that's a really good role, a really good use of her. But I'm used to her playing the way she does in Groundhog Day, where she is, you know, the nice person who's also very smart and... The, the main character, you know, the main male lead is falling in love with her because they, they can't help it. No, you're just, you're just surrounded. You're saying this is her, this is her type of uh, acting gig. Right. And I don't want to take away from how great she is in this movie because she is great. But I don't, I, I've got this like thing in my brain where I'm like, oh, Andy McDowell, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I feel like it was probably like a typecasting thing. I don't know if she chose these parts or if an agent chose them for her. I don't know if it was like, oh, you're doing a southern accent. Well, then we really only want you to be a wholesome girl, mm, like, or yeah. something. I don't know. <laughs> Not doing a southern accent. I have a southern <laughs> accent. <laughs> I don't know. I just. Um... It was a problem. They, re- they redubbed her in uh, Greystoke. I think that uh, Tarzan movie, they redubbed her with Glenn Close. So some people don't like the Southern accent. You can't all be Sawyer from uh, Lost. Some people are really good at doing different accents. And I don't know, maybe she got better at them later in her career. But at this point in her career, it was like every time you saw her, you were seeing her with a Southern accent. Yeah. And and I like her. I think she's cool. Totally. Um, think she's a good actress yeah i think she plays well off of bill murray especially i do too and there's this weird thing about like their interactions where you know that her character is interested in more than just like appearances Mm -hmm. and just like face value on things but at the same time yeah there's that thing with bill murray being really insincere in the beginning. And um, I think eventually he does change, but I think this is, I think it's honestly like a, like a um, fantasy romance for women. I think that um, the dream used to be to find this guy who was like, you know, maybe not the most wholesome dude or whatever. And then he changes for you. And is faithful I mean, to you, different with you than he was with all those other girls or whatever. It's a fantasy for the person watching it. It wouldn't be a fantasy for her character, I would assume, right? She, I mean, she thinks he's a jerk already based on their first day's interaction. You know, she threatened, he threatens her with blood sausage. I think yeah. she's put off by his um, attitude. He's initially. a real standoff person, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean... Well, they're in the van going over there. Doesn't he, like, say how he's like, all right, this is the last time you're going to deal with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's already establishing that he's, that he, that's it. Yep. This is my last gig with you guys. Mm-hmm. I, want you, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror when you're doing that. When you're doing that face, he comes up in the ground. He's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to be all new agey or whatever, but I do think it's kind of, one of those negativity versus positivity things too. Oh, of yeah. like certainly if you look at the world as being like a bleak place, you're gonna see a lot of bleakness around you and until you change which is not easy, your attitude into um being more optimistic that it is difficult to see um that's not what's too good. New age-y. That's yeah. just that's just honesty. I've you got to be positive if you want positive. I feel like, you know, there's been a lot of things that have come out about self-actualization and, you know, visualizing, creating your own, like, whatever 
destiny or whatever by... You mean the secret? Yeah, that and, like, other stuff, too. There, people use Dragons. other... People use other words for it now. Yes. Than I've heard in the past. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really interested in getting another book and finding out what they're talking about, but basically it's <laughs> the same <laughs> idea. If you ask the universe. <laughs> basically it's the same idea of saying, I want X to happen, and then X may happen because of my positive I, outlook I'm and making it, it happen. Putting it out there in the universe. That's, right. That's why I'm going to yeah. win the lottery any minute now. Any minute now. Within reason, I think people should be positive. Well, you know, uh, that's uh, recently I've had an experience where that did actually, where I was asking the universe for something, and it, it actually paid off. Uh, I, you know, I started my job two and a half years ago, and uh, after the first six months, I thought, you know, I'm going to get a raise, I'm going to get a raise, and lo and behold, two years later, I got a raise. So congratulations! You know, Self-actualization. You know, you know, it just if you just you know wait and you hope. And you dream, eventually Bill Murray will show up and he'll be really nice. <laughs> really nice guy. I I feel like in my mind and in my life, I've always had this battle between like realism and like optimism. And for me, optimism always wins out, even when I really don't want it to, when I want to be more realistic. Like, I am kind of a person who really does wish for the best and really does love everybody ultimately. And, um, same here, sir. Yeah, wants the best for everyone. I can't follow you. I don't know what you guys are talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm mostly positive. No, no, no. You are. Yes. I was talking about myself. I'm not, uh, (laughs) well, good luck to you, sir. Just kidding. Get out of my way. That sounds more more appropriate, <laughs> frankly. How about Stephen Tobolowsky? What do you guys think of that guy? Because, honestly, I don't know if this movie would work without him. Like, even though Bill Murray's amazing, Andy McDowell's amazing, even Chris Elliott is amazing, that that dash, that drop, that 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 little that little bit of Stephen Tobolowsky makes this like. A complete recipe. Oh, uh, you're going to have to help me here. Who did he play in this movie? Ned Ryerson. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's definitely like, like even everybody, sometimes when you wake up, you don't want to see somebody with that sort of personality <laughs> first thing. And I think this movie really, uh, <laughs> it really ran, brings that home, you know? Some Bing. people are not the morning people. <laughs> I imagine it'd be what living yeah. next to you would be like, Aaron. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, Joel, how's it going today? <laughs> yep, exactly. Say, buddy. Uh, hey, I've been on that end of the spectrum. So he <laughs> reminds me of like a, uh, of a Mike Judge character, you know, on Mike, like in Office Space or in uh, Extract. He's got these characters that are just like in your kind of like in your face, not in a. Well, he he's more like straight up in your face, but yeah. these other ones are like, "Hey, I just you know I noticed that you were doing this thing, and I just wanted to talk to you about it, you know, and maybe maybe I can borrow your lawnmower or something. I'm gonna need you to do some overtime, you know, that kind of thing." Instead, it's like the whole his whole like character inhabiting that character of like. I'm touching you. I'm touching yeah. you. You know, you like, hey, by the way, I do know you, but I probably touch people I don't know that well. Like, let me sell you some insurance, man. I'm just going to Listen, I just came into your office and you're already touching me, man. Yep. But small town. Maybe maybe this is okay. Yeah. Or they're like, you know, stay away from that Ned Ryerson. I just realized that I think that guy in office space is the guy that's in The Good Wife. Yeah. It is 100%. I just, like, that was like a shocker for me right now <laughs> in my really. brain. It's like, that is that guy? Yeah, I'm going to need you to stay. Yeah, that's, uh, what's, uh, I can't remember the actors. Uh, Gary Cole. Yeah. He's in tons of, like, comedies. He also did that. Didn't he do, like, a Babylon 5 miniseries as well? It's news to me. I don't I mean, know. I'm not sure. He's a versatile actor. Yeah. He's, do- he's done some pretty cool stuff. Uh, yeah. Like, it's it's hard to recognize. Like, because <laughs> in The, the Good Wife and The Good Fight, he's, he's like, he's playing so low-key, and he's playing this total right-wing person. It's like, 
He's like a cowboy dude. But he's also super charming. You know? Yeah. Like, you, can, you like him even though he leans the other direction than us. That's so funny. <laughs> he's a good actor. He really is. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, Steven Tobolowsky is really cool. I like him too. You've seen him in a hundred movies. I bet I have. Including. Name him. Let's hear him. Uh, hundred movies. Right here. Uh... <laughs> It's okay, Joel. Memento. He's... Oh, is he the Doctor Memento? I don't know. I don't remember who his oh, character right. was in Memento. He's... What's his face? The story. He's the story? What is... What's the guy in the story? Sammy... Please. Sammy Jenkins? Sammy Jenkins? Ro- Rolo- remember Rolo- Sammy Jenkins? <laughs> remember Sammy Jenkins? That's right. He was in Californication. But uh, you didn't watch that. I already know. Don't even say it. Steven. I love Memento. Hobo. And I love Guy Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> okay, so there's Steven Tobolowsky. His glasses. Groundhog Day. I'm a Louise. Come on. Show, show me something better than that. I mean, he's, he's one of those, hey, it's that guy, guys. Yep. You don't know. You're not looking. That's okay. Don't look. Anyways, yeah, I, I think he's amazing in this movie. I like him a lot in this movie, too. And I like that jacket he's wearing in this movie. I think that when he starts pulling the the vocal um, weirdness, mm-hmm. the growls and the yips and stuff. Um, <laughs> Did you watch Heroes? Yeah, I watched Heroes. He's the one in uh, season two who could turn things to gold by touching them. Midas touch. Save the cheerleader, man. Yeah. Save the world. That was season one. No, they, I think they tied it back in later. <laughs> Deadwood. They're still trying to save a cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, you watched it longer than I didn't watch past the second season, uh, so I'm not yeah. sure. It's I gave late. up pretty quick, too, yeah. dude. I know they went to a circus, though. Yeah. So, is there anything else you guys want to talk about in this uh, particular film? I'm just really glad this movie exists. Me too. You're right. It's just a source of entertainment that, like, it's, like, reliable. It's, like, you could go back and watch this. Like, yeah, like you said earlier, all the time. And that's something to be appreciated, though. And I'm really glad you picked this, Sarah. Thank you. Sure, Thank yeah. You. Can you imagine a person who wouldn't like this movie? Like, I don't know if I would want to know that person. I don't know. Um, I feel like there may be some people who don't really like that kind of humor. You mean good humor? What was the um, episode of um, that one that one TV show where they were alluding to people who don't like the movie The Jerk? Uh, I don't remember the name. There's a TV show. You know, I'm sorry, it's late. You're no, right, no, guys. My okay. brain's where they were saying people don't like the movie The Jerk. I don't think I've ever seen The Jerk. The movie? Yeah. Never seen? No. I haven't seen it, I'm not sure if We can't I be have. friends now. No, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe it's not the jerk I'm thinking of. Don't quote me. I wonder, mm. did What About Bob come out after Anyways. this or before this? I don't know. I don't have the capacity to look up things anymore. Uh, my brain. I'm, yeah. st- I'm still looking at Stephen Tobolowsky movies. He's been in so many freaking things. Mississippi Burning, Spaceballs. Space remember that uh, after they catch those people and they're like, huh, you thought you could escape from the ship and... It's the stunt, man. Yep, he's the one. You idiots! Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Yeah. He's a great guy. And Bill Murray's brother. Oh, yeah, Brian Doyle Murray. It's always good to see, like, he's been in tons of stuff, too. Yeah, he has. I was trying to think of what I had seen him in that I didn't see Bill Murray in, and it was, um, what I was, something that was really familiar for me. Was he in Tommy Boy? I love that movie. Yeah. Bring it up again. Brought up last week. What was the movie? No, but there was another movie. I gotta listen to it again. I gotta listen to the episode again. There's another movie I was supposed to watch. Oh, yeah. Wayne's World. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. Noah's Arcade. Noah's Arcade, yeah. That's yep. what I was thinking of. And I was like, Bill Murray wasn't in Wayne's World, but his brother was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe he was secretly. Maybe he was just hanging out on set. Probably good friend of mine met bill murray at a bar once he's yeah. a really cool guy that's cool, cool. Yeah. yeah i 
I feel bad that, like, famous people get, like, confronted by people all the time, and I definitely have done that to famous people. I just try to be nice and and try not to cause a big scene, even though I've, like, yeah. Um, Bill Murray's a character, man. Like, he'll just walk in, he'll walk in places and just roll up with people he doesn't even know. Just be like, let's hang out. That's cool. He does this. Yeah, yeah Chris, my friend Chris was just hanging out with him, so... Everybody says that he just goes off the radar. Yep. Like, no phone, no yep. nothing. And then, like, he calls this one agent that, like, takes his messages or whatever. Or he goes yeah. back. He has, to like, his, an answering machine. Yep. Yeah, he has, like, an answering machine. He'll go back and che- he'll check periodically. But, like, I heard Sophia Coppola saying that, like, she thought of him when she was writing Lost in Translation or working on that. Mm. And, um,. She was like, I really wanted him to do it, but, like, I had to wait for a long time because, like, I kept trying to reach him and he wasn't, you know, he was just, like, off the radar. And then when he resurfaced, I think the same thing happened when they wanted him to do, um, what was that one most recently? The, um, Moonrise Kingdom? Mm -hmm. Oh, the, yeah, the the Wes Anderson one. It's like Wes Anderson's worked with him previously, and he even had to wait for him to like resurface. He has a real brief part in, in uh, oh man, now I can't remember what that one's called. Uh, brief part. Hotel Rwanda. No. Uh, <laughs> Talking about the Lobby Boy movie. Yes, Lobby Get Boy. Get your movie. hand off my Lobby Boy. Lobby Boy, the movie. Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So, okay. The uh, lobby boy. One, one, <laughs> one more casting thing about Brian Dorn Murray and Aaron. I think you'll like this. What's up? What's up, Joel? You know what movie he did directly after Groundhog Day? Um, Suburban Commando. No. It's a movie that also stars Chris Elliott. Oh, damn. I think you know. Chris Elliott. Because you already said it. Oh, no. Chris Elliott? When you when you see Chris Elliott, what do you think? Um, uh, I feel like I'm being put on the spot right now. You know now. who Chris Elliott is, right? You know which one yeah. he was in the movie? Uh, cameraman. Cameraman. Yeah. Oh, Cabin Boy. The yeah, Cabin Boy. Cabin Boy. Yeah, man. It's yes. got David Letterman in it too. Yes. Cabin Boy. I love that movie. He's in it. Okay, let's wrap it up. I'm I mean, sorry, guys. No, all, it's like two. We should all see this movie, too. Yeah, it's great. So I'm going to read the outro stuff, and you guys are going to give me some lessons from this thing that's going on here. It's called Who Wants to Live Forever? The movie starring Bill Murphy, Andy McDougal, and Liam Neeson I, as himself. I feel like when I saw this when I was a younger girl, it was kind of like a um, a romantic aspiration that maybe I had at the time that I was going to end up with someone Chris Elliott. that was funny and like charming and be and maybe be like the kind of person who uh, was willing to change or whatever. I don't know. There's something that's fulfilling about it. Even though I do think that oftentimes a person who's that mean in the beginning is just going to stay that mean. Anyway, the happy ending is nice. It does. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, it is a very nice happy ending. And uh, it, it's like you can complicate it, but it's yeah. just a, it's just an enjoyable movie. Yeah. All right. Outro. Hey. Hey. You guys suggest or comment, write in at please don't podcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. If you are one of our consistent listeners, please subscribe to us, rate us on the podcatcher of your choice, uh, leave us a written rating if you can. We'd really appreciate that. And we will read it on the show. We don't have any new ratings recently, but uh, next time we get one, I'm definitely going to read that on the episode. Check out our podcast network, eartrumpetaudio.com. Uh, you can see all the other shows that are available there. Uh, there's about to be a big update to that webpage with all the information uh, on the newer shows. But check that out, eartrumpetaudio.com. All right, lessons, guys. Give me a lesson. Yeah, a lesson for me, Aaron? Just kidding. You don't have a lesson. Shall I, I go first? One. Yeah, sure, go for it, man. All right. 
My lesson is that you can shove an entire wedge of angel food cake directly into your mouth at any time. You don't have to wait until you're immortal. Try it today, folks. Go down to your local Vons or bakery. You know, get, get a nice angel food cake. You just cut off a slice. It doesn't, don't make it too big. You know, just, just like a slice. If you were going to have a regular old slice yourself right there. And those those things are sponges. You know, you smash them down. You shove it into your gob. I'm not saying you won't choke to death. But, hey, at least you lived a little before you did. Consume mass quantities. These guys are looking at me with such disapproval. It's, it's uh, sickening. It's... It's a... Uh... It's a way to go. Oh, no. (laughs) That's pretty good, Joel. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Anyone else? Just give me a moment. I had one, but then I was picturing it. Uh, You're picturing me putting an entire piece of cake in my mouth. mouth. Yeah. I know what we're doing next week. (laughs) You never go first. I know. know. I'm sorry. I spoiled it for you guys. No, it's okay. I'll edit this so that I can put it. No, no, no. (laughs) This this exists now. (laughs) This is this is the story we're telling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the stories we tell about angel food cake. Um, oh, come on, brain! I had it. It was really dumb one too. Oh God, I'm sorry. No, it's it's all right. Think of another dumb one. I'll find another lesson in this movie. Something about cabin boy. <laughs> I have a lesson. Okay, please. Chicks like poetry. Oh, yeah. They do. They do. I used to write poetry. Joel, you gotta read one now. Nope. Right now. Never, ever, 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 ever. Ever. Joel's really good at poetry. (gasps) Yeah, I got all the math skills in poetry. Truth bomb. I want to read your poetry now. (sighs) To be or not to be full of angel food cake. I think uh, my lesson I learned from this movie is that uh, it's pretty cool to wear vests. Oh, yeah. <laughs> vests are some pretty cool things that can be found Fashion. In, this, in this city of Groundhog's Day. Fashion vests. And you know what's even better when you can like cinch them up a yep. little in the back? Yep. They used to have these things. Where you clip your clothes together in the back. It was like a little stretchy <laughs> piece of elastic and it had two clips on each end. And you would clip the back of your dress together or what have you. Um, Make it more fitted. And it would be more fitted. You don't need yeah. to mend it. It would just be like a fresh, little clip on the back. You got a bustier all of a sudden. It was that. very, um, it was a different time. Campo got this sweater and she was like, you know what? It's just too. She mended it, you know. But now that now you mentioned that, I gotta find one of those cinch things for her now. Yeah. Just We're bringing it back, folks. Bringing back the cinch. Bring back the vest, man. That vest never left. All right. Ever since Bill S. Preston Esquire, or no, oh. sorry, it, it was <laughs> Ted Theodore. Ted Logan. Theodore. Logan. Oh, Another yeah. truth bomb right there. <laughs> yeah. Boom, we are wild stallions. We'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for listening. Good night. Goodbye. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.